You're listening to Cine Binge. Welcome to Cine Binge. This show was born from my friend's persistence in me watching certain shows. I've been asking Simon to watch Dark, a German TV show on Netflix, which I guarantee he will like. But for some reason, he's always been a little apprehensive about watching it. So I said, I'll watch it if we can put a podcast around it. And this is that podcast. Welcome to Cine Binge. My name's Simon. And my name's Andrew. And today we are talking about episode nine of Dark called... Everything is now. Everything is now. So, is this the episode that you thought it would be? No. I feel like it's gone back to how it started, where it's just revealing lots of information, and it's quite hard to keep up. And even though I'm getting used to these characters, I was like, this just needs to slow down now, because there was so much that was happening so it wasn't what I expected. I expected this to be like, you know, in other shows, they'll like really ramp up before the final episode of a season. Like, oh my God, I have to watch the finale. And I didn't feel that with this. I didn't feel like that at all. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was still a good episode. And there was quite a lot of mysteries revealed. A certain few things were revealed, but then just more and more questions. And we're finding out a lot more, I guess, about... I think this is more of a character-based episode, really. We're finding out more about characters than the actual plot. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. As you say, There's it's, it does reveal a few things, but at the same time also throws in a few questions about the motives and backgrounds of, of certain new characters that we've been introduced to. But what they give with one hand, they take away with the other, don't they? Yeah, definitely. What I did like in this episode was how I think it was showing the same day in every decade. Yeah, that is bang on. Uh, the dates, the exact date, in fact, was the 11th of November. Yeah. In each each of the three decades. So we had this time machine and it would pop up the little mechanism and that would be like the first decade of the story. And then the other one would pop up and then the other one. And I liked how it did that to kind of separate the decades out. So you knew where you were. And I liked that mm. form of the storytelling. I thought that was good. Yeah. It's interesting because like in, when I mentioned in the previous episode that the, the transitions would normally give you some indication of, of whether you were making a jump between just two scenes in the same period or whether you were actually switching between periods and so this episode takes that a step further again obviously because it's having to juggle three different time periods and uh, it's, it's an interesting way of doing it i think they uh they do a good job of giving you an indication of when you're transitioning and but again as, as i keep saying if you're not paying attention to a scene and you miss the transition you're going to get lost 100% agree with you. So I liked how the pre-title sequence was literally just showing close-ups of the characters from different decades. And I think what they've done really well is cast actors who look so alike. And you look at them and go, I can imagine you look like that when you were a child. Or I can imagine you'll look like that when you grow up into that person. So the casting have done an amazing job on this program i've never seen casting 
get it so close to what it feels just like a natural progression in the character. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, so who's your favourite? Let's see if it matches mine. I think the most realistic one who looks the most alike is Hannah. Yeah, okay. I think uh, the casting of Alexander is definitely a, a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah. And Ulrich, I suppose, these these got a similar um, look. And uh, Ulrich's missus, Katerina. Yeah, they look. They uh, yeah, actually, her. She's really good. But and also, you know, they do a lot with mm. her and makeup, and they can do these things. So, you know, they can yeah, yeah. make them look similar. So I, mm. I thought that was cool the way it opened up with showing you who these characters are. Not only for that, but also it's just a good way to kind of make sure you know who is who. Yeah. Because yeah. this show doesn't slow down. And then the actual episode itself. This is after. The uh, horrendous beating of of young Helga by Ulrich. That's still one of the most graphic scenes I've seen happen to a child on film. It's horrible. And Ulrich now thinks that Helga's dead. And he thinks because he's killed him, the two bodies or the two murders shouldn't have happened. So when a policeman catches up with Helga later on and he I think he says you're under suspicion for this or something Ulrich's freaked out because he thought that him killing Helga would stop those murders happening which clearly isn't the case yeah it's obviously surprised him to find that he hasn't actually changed the past and therefore the future so uh, now we're going to see the aftermath, uh, aftermath of that but then I guess we talked about this in the last episode that given that we've been seeing the aftermath of Ulrich's involvement, we knew what was coming. The the fact that Helga wakes up in that, that bunker doesn't really come as a surprise to us, but obviously to, to Ulrich in in the world itself is uh, very confused by that outcome. I do wonder, though, I mean, he's a policeman. You would have thought he would have known uh, or be able to tell if the body was dead or not. So perhaps he just i don't know it's it's uh, it comes as a surprise to me that he didn't double check i don't know i mean i've not really murdered many uh, i've not really murdered anyone <laughs> you always go always go back and check well yeah you'd have thought that but really you'd, you'd want to be you'd like i'm not going i'm just going to assume i'm just going to hope for the best i don't know what his what his frame of mind would be he's done something horrendous and i imagine he isn't thinking straight yeah, I think that's the only plausible explanation for why he just walked away and assumed that he was dead. Because given that, that this whole plan of his involves making sure that the boy is dead, to then not check and make sure that the boy is dead is kind of a massive gap, really. You would have thought that you know, it's not just a beating for the sake of a beating and walking away. This is like, no, I have to make sure that the job is done properly in order to for the future to change. Mm. So yeah, a little bit surprised by that. But I do. It was also a bit weird of the way the uh, Helga suddenly wakes up in that bunker. It was. I don't think it's supposed to come across that way. But you, you watch it, and the way he kind of suddenly takes a massive deep breath, it kind of makes you go, "What was he actually dead?" And and then you know, fate has decided that it wasn't his time and brought him back to life. When he woke up and he takes a big intake of breath, 
it reminded me of like TV shows and films where if a character's being pulled out of water and they're like they appear to be dead, and then you know you have them like getting the chest pumped, and then all of a sudden they take a like a big gush of air and they like spit out a load of water and and they uh, and and they come back alive. It felt like that when um, when Helga wakes up. But the other thing I don't know if you spotted this was how he was posed when he woke up. He was posed with his arms like out wide and it was as if he was like on a cross now we've been talking i think and every episode saying there's some religious stuff going on in this show we've got the guy called noah who definitely isn't like a, a priest or i don't think he's good um and i actually think simon's theory that i don't think noah is the Antichrist, I think Helga is the Antichrist and Noah has to help him when he's like young or something like that. I'm going along with that because also the Helga's mom said he was not born out of love and she never wanted him in the first place. She always wanted something to happen to him, whether he went missing or got killed or something. And you're like, bloody hell, that's that's quite not a nice thing to say for a, a mother of a child. So then you start to think, well, why is that? It now was Helga was was he a child from her, her being raped? You know what I mean? Like when she says it's a child not from love, then yeah. you you must think, well, it must be something that's horrendous for her to feel this way about this child and also then it would also fit in with Helga's character as a child you know dead things are beautiful <laughs> like with mm-hmm. the, with the birds and just his whole way he appears to be the only thing that goes against this is we see Helga when he's a lot older and he isn't the Antichrist. He's just like a bit of a strange old man. But maybe something happened and changed him. But that's what I'm thinking. Maybe he's some. There's some devilish work going on. I just don't know what it is yet. We also obviously saw him not just in 1953, but we also saw him as a sort of middle-aged man in 1986 as well. Hmm. Uh, and in fact, talking of 1986, we actually found out where the older Helga ended up. Having travelled back from 2019 as a very old man and heading into the caves when Ulrich was following him, it turns out that the older Helga ends up in 1986. And had Ulrich followed him into 1986, he obviously would have found Mikkel, which is, that would have, um, I guess, finished the story quite quickly in from his point of view. But as it turned out, Ulrich didn't quite follow him in the right direction. He ended up in 1953, and older Helga, who knew where he was going, ended up in 1986. So he was able to watch himself from the trees while he was uh, acting quite suspicious. We now know what the death room, the blue room, the bunker, when that was actually going on. Yeah. So we find a little bit more out about Noah. First of all, he's with Helga's mum and that's she's telling him, you know, she never wanted that child in the first place. And he says some very strange things to her for for a priest. And I think this is a scene where there's so much going on. 
that it really does require you to go back and like watch it again. And I was going to watch mm. this episode again, but I didn't because um, I've not done I've not done that with any of the other episodes, and I'm not going to do that with this one. But I do think there was a lot of subtext going on in that whole conversation about good and evil and God and very. St- what did what did you make of that? Oh, there, definitely. I mean, there's the, the the comment about you only fall into the hands of God, and then at which point. Helga's mum was saying, you know, what what if it's not God's hands that you fall into? Mm. Uh, kind of implying there that Helga has fallen into the hands of the devil, I guess. Mm. And certainly the line when Noah is reciting the prayer and looks down at a photo of Helga to say that, that you are with me. Now, in the context of the prayer, I think it's basically talking about a person being with God or vice versa. And, and but in that particular line, the way it's delivered and the way he looks down, he's essentially saying that Helga's with him. It all kind of ties in, doesn't it? The, the mm. whole thing that like Helga's fallen into bad hands, unfortunately, meaning Noah. Yeah, and where does Helga's dad fit into this? Because he doesn't seem a bad person. Is is he the biological father of Helga? That's essentially what was being suggested by that scene. When she talks about how he may not be the father and uh, being born out of love, it mm. implies that she, he might not necessarily know the, the truth of, of Helga's, who Helga's f- real father is, but she's obviously concerned that, that uh, Bernd Doppler isn't his mm. real father. But yeah, you're right. I think Bernd Doppler seems a, a decent chap, apart from obviously covering up what's going on at the power plant. Mm-hmm. But other than that, in terms of like family life, he seems to be a good a father as anyone would be in that generation i guess in terms of appears to be a loving father yeah and staying with noah and helga we come to a very interesting scene in the blue room of death which now we find out is the contraption is a time machine and helga and noah have this conversation and helga's basically refusing he says i don't want to do this anymore and helga gets a screwdriver and he's threatening Noah and Noah just like pushes himself onto it as if to say you know go ahead and the fact that Helga's like no I don't want to do this anymore and then Noah says he convinces him that he's doing the good work does Helga think he's doing the good work or does Helga know what Noah is really all about yeah, I get the feeling that he is still believes he's doing the right thing. Uh, he might have some doubts because of what's been going on. I guess at this stage, they've realised the machine isn't quite working and Helga's now wondering why it's not working. Uh, you know, is it worth the sacrifice of, of killing children for this when it doesn't seem to be working? And ultimately, I guess he does believe to Noah in that this is all part of a bigger plan that, that needs to happen in order for you know, it's God's work and so on. So I think I think Helga is still largely following what Noah's telling him. But certainly by the time he gets to sort of a much older age, he's obviously having far more, uh, far bigger doubts about mm. everything. And at that age, has kind of realised that what they were doing back then was wrong and he now wants to go back and stop himself. Do you think it's confirmed that Noah is supernatural? I don't think it's confirmed at all. I think he is, uh, he's not done anything that's supernatural aside from being in various time periods. Obviously, 1950, we've seen him in all three time periods. In fact, 
he is the only one we've seen in all three time periods that hasn't aged, but that's just perhaps because he's been able to time travel between all three time periods. He obviously knows how the cave works and can move between them. Yeah. So he's he's taking advantage of that. Yeah, and I think the type of character he is, um, and he's of he, you know, he quotes parts of religion, knows a lot of stuff. He knows a lot of information about that. And I started to get a John Doe, Kevin Spacey vibe from uh, Seven, where you know you have this character who is doing the most horrendous things, but he believes this is for the greater good, you know, and the, the quote in Seven is, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And he does genuinely believe he's doing God's work in that movie, mm. even though he is, well, he's killing people in like the most horrific, um, horrific way. And I just started to think, I wonder if it's, I wonder if this is kind of something similar to that, where he is what he's doing is to fix other things that are um deemed wrong in the biblical term you know we've got like a furs going on um which you know the lord doesn't like a furs like like cheat like there's lots of cheating you know cheating going on mm. um uh, dishonesty is going on, and it's all centered around this um, this village. And I'm just wondering if maybe Noah thinks he's doing the Lord's work, and maybe he isn't the devil. Well, that, that kind of ties in with the whole Noah's Ark that we've. Uh, I think we may have mentioned that in previous episodes, yeah. and the idea that. Noah's Ark was built in the first place because uh, God had basically given up on humanity and decided he wanted to flood the lot of us out of the existence. So, yeah, perhaps on using that kind of analogy here, you've got this Ark. In fact, he says it himself in the episode that that's his Ark. Mm. So perhaps he's looking at a way to create a device that will save the best of humanity and a few animals along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, not sheep, yeah, not not sheep because they've already died, and and some birds as well. They're not going to survive the journey either. But yeah, maybe maybe that's the plan here. Maybe his real name isn't Noah. Who knows? You do, but you're playing it very cool. I, I'm gonna, I, you know, what I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy going back and listening to this once I've seen the whole thing, and then we can mm. do a follow up episode, like one episode of. Um, of how right or how far away I was from the uh, the truth. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be worth because as as I said right at the very beginning of the, of the when we started watching this, mm -hmm. it is the type of series where you can rewatch it and spot new meanings in scenes and uh, the sort of the dialogue. And it, yeah, I I think there will also be some value not just rewatching the 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 episodes. But also re-listening back to our podcasts, and as you say, seeing seeing where I might have tried to uh, drop in a few red herrings from time to time, and how close you are with some of your theories, or how far off you are in some of them, and yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be fun. 
or like how nervous you got when you think and he's getting too close i need to i need to set him off the another i need to send him down another road another corner that's wrong think do something else i don't think that'll be the mm. case i'd really i hope it is because i'll be like i'll be chuffed if i got anything right but we'll see let me ask you this did you enjoy this episode um no um it's not my most favorite episode in this season um i think it's actually one of the worst like and i I don't want to be negative but after last week's was so good and i just felt this one was just just i don't know what what it was about i mean it was the the cinematography on it was fantastic it looks every single shot's done is done so well I've noticed it's the same director for the whole season. Mm. So there's a good continuity and consistency in the quality. Yeah. But again, I just, I don't know what it was with this episode. I think it might have been, yeah, because we had so much happen in the previous one and it was like getting that sort of cliffhanger moment. That's what I, that's what I expected with this one. I expected some sort of cliffhanger, big setup for a big finale. And I know, the next episode isn't the final episode of the whole show, but usually the final episode of a season, stuff happens. Like, you know, Stranger Things, every Stranger Things, the episode before the finale is being like this big thing setting up it for the major yeah. set piece or whatever. Um, so that's interesting that this isn't one of your favourite episodes either. I mean, it's still good, but mm. it just wasn't one of my favourites. There was a lot of stuff that happened, though. I mean, like, let's move away from Helga and Noah now. Um, mm-hmm. I feel we've given the devil enough time. <laughs> we could segue from Noah into uh, Bartos, a character we've not really seen much recently, but towards the end of the episode when Bartos meets Noah again and basically says, yeah, everything that, that Noah told him would happen has happened. Mm. and is now ready to accept Noah's offer. So it's interesting that, like, obviously they had that conversation in, in an earlier episode, and he now kind of knows the truth, and by the look, sounds of it, believes what Noah's telling him. So what is the offer? Mm. Eternal life. I don't know. Mm. But I, I, that's the other thing. I don't really know enough about Bartes in this uh, in this show. I mean, there was stuff that was going on, and I think that was sort of the least interesting part of the show hmm. in, in this week. You don't think that, that, that Bartos might have a bigger part to play? Oh, absolutely. Like, I think he's being, I think he's going to be, you know, one of the main uh, antagonists in, in the show. But at the moment, hmm. he's just kind of on the um, the fringe. He's on the outer rim type thing. He's just on yeah, the fringe. Yeah. He's not in the thick of what's going on. Unlike the other characters. Yeah, he's certainly getting the least amount of screen time, I guess, at this moment compared to some of the other characters. But I do find it interesting that he links, obviously, the character of Noah and what he appears to represent. Um, And then it also has a conversation with um, a much older Claudia who we met in the last episode, right at the very end when she turned up in a version of the bunker Mm. filled with, with goodies. And so yeah, Claudia turns up and starts talking to him, and uh, we find out that, that yeah, obviously we we know who Claudia is. That's Regina's mum. Uh, so Bartles is his grandmother. Apparently, Regina said that she had died ages ago, 
so this is a, this comes as a bit of a surprise to uh, Bartos when when she turns up out of the blue and starts talking to him. Mm. Claudia has come a long way between the 1986 version of her and the older version of her because in this episode she has the big conversation about what happened in the power plant in 1986 mm. the cover up that happened and and the 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 barrels and so on so there was that that she found out about i think this episode is largely about her really in terms of we find out what happened in 1986 uh we find out what happened to gretchen the dog from the previous episode when the dog disappeared it turns out that she had time traveled from 1953 to 1986 yeah uh so that's an interesting development I guess in her mind, she's kind of starting to piece bits and pieces together. That, that we're, we're witnessing the very start of her journey from the 1986 version of her to the older lady version, who seems to know a lot more. Mm-hmm. Given that at the end of the episode, we see her walk into Townhouse's shop with the blueprints for a time machine. Yes. The very time machine that we've seen in the previous episodes that, that the stranger brought in uh, and that we had the younger townhouse already building something. And now we discover that the reason he was building it must have been because Claudio gave him the blueprints for it. So now the question is, who gave her the blueprints? Yeah, and also with that time machine, you know, we see that throughout this episode, you know, a lot. I think an awful lot is given away at the beginning of this ep- this of this episode with the voiceover that it talks about the the past and the future and if you do something in the middle it affects both so it's really amping up that side of it and the time machine side of it um we also get to meet alexander but it turns out that isn't his original name sure yeah because he's got all these passports yeah so we we know we knew that he'd have taken his wife's name because we had egon tiedemann Tiedemann, Mm -hmm. the policeman followed by a claudia tiedemann his daughter who then had regina tiedemann who then somehow ended up marrying alexander but he changed his name from whatever his surname was so it is he turns up in this episode on the run, trying to hide from people. He's been shot. Yeah, he's been shot. And I guess everything that we now know of him from the 2019 version of Alexander Tiedemann, where he's this, what appears to be quite a powerful businessman, mm. uh, power plant uh, boss, and talking to Jürgen Oberman saying, you know, you know the difference between successful people and people that aren't successful so yeah he, he's certainly had a certain type of character he's certainly developed and we see him at this early stage with something to hide he's got he's on the run he's got a gun he's got fake passports he's taken somebody else's identity by the looks of it um so yeah it's, it's certainly an interesting introduction for him and he stops regina getting bullied mm. wasn't that such a cool entrance though in terms of how he just walks in brandishes a gun tells them to stop you know it's uh, quite nice of him really yeah and let's move on to that because the reason why regina was getting bullied was because hannah who is getting to be my least favorite person on this show she's a little shit stirrer from a young age to how old however old she is in 2019 she was the one who accused Ulrich of rape and then she's talking to Katharina and then she drops I think she drops in saying you know I think it's that Regina basically you know to Mm. just stir it up 
So that's the first thing she does in this episode that you think, well, we've already seen that she's a little troublemaker. And then in 2019, Katerina decides to confront Hannah. And she goes to Hannah's house looking for Ulrich. And she's like, where is he? And Hannah's like, he's not here. More dramatic way. And Hannah says, it's it's over. Because basically Katerina's saying, you stay away from him, blah, 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 blah. You know, that type of dialogue. Um, threatening her. Um, not physically threatening her, but basically, you know, she's telling her, you've got to stay away from him. And Hannah says, it's ended. And you think, she's done the right thing. She's she's done the right thing. And she says, I've told him it has to stop. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. And then she even, just to stare at even more... She says, but he doesn't want it to because he told me he loves me and he doesn't love you. And you're like, you little cow. Not only have you gone and screwed everything up in 1986, now you're trying to screw things up wherever you go. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to her, but I hope she gets her comeuppance. She's not a likeable character, that's for sure. Not at all. And it must be funny because I think in one of the early episodes, I was like, I felt, I quite like her. She seems like, you know, Mm. she's, I feel a bit sorry for her. She gets bullied. And now I'm like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> so we also, uh, we, we kind of get a feeling for why Katerina is a bit of a bully. I mean, this this isn't just this particular incident. We also found out more about the the incident in the forest where Regina had been tied up and left and um you know obviously katarina thinks it's a game but you get the feeling that that she's she's not a particularly nice person mm-hmm. but then you also discover in this episode that of, i think we we mentioned last time when when the when the whole uh, possible rape incident had happened that she had a black eye and we wondered where that had come from and she was kind of covering her tracks saying that she'd fallen down the stairs or hit a door i can't remember exactly what excuse she gave gave the police when when they were questioning her as to how she'd got this black eye and in this episode we discover that it was actually her mum that she she kind of says to Regina you know do you see this this my mum did this because of the stuff that you were saying Mm. so yeah it doesn't sound like her mum's particularly nice given that you know if if she had just been raped for your mum to then go and beat you and give you a black eye it's not exactly a ringing endorsement of, of parenting skills there. So there's clearly some sort of abuse going on from, from a mum, really. Uh, and that that has an impact. You know, when, when you talk about bullies, sometimes it's because they've been bullies themselves and they've they've kind of carried that on. And we see that repeating. We, we kind of see, I think last week, last episode, we were talking about how certain individuals are cheating just like their parents did, mm. where we had... Uh, Ulrich following on from his father's cheating and his father was probably cheating because he saw his mum Magnus cheating so there's you know those those kind of recurring um behaviors that have come through generations and I think we're now seeing the same in Katarina potentially definitely yeah so there's a lot of the same event is happening each decade I think that's what this overall episode Mm. was kind of showing or similar events. There, there is certainly some history repeating there, but I think more of an interesting 
discussion was being had by Agnes's son, Tronte Nilsson, mm. and Claudia, young Claudia, in, in, when they were walking through the forest. And Claudia was talking about how Agnes is, is this, you know, really glamorous woman and so on. Uh, and, and she asked, you know, why, why did you leave where, wherever you came from? You know, why have you come to Wyndon? And Tronte kind of thinks for a minute. He's, he pauses. He delays his answer. Uh, it's like he, it's almost like he's reaching for trying to c- decide what to say in that situation. And like, yeah, it's just it's just that brief pause. Really, is like, what what was that about? What what's he hiding? What's what's the deal with with Agnes's? Because Agnes mentions that her husband was a pastor. Um, and obviously, one pastor that we know at the moment is uh, Noah. So is Noah connected to Agnes in some way? You know, does Agnes, Agnes's husband know Noah or mm-hmm. knew Noah before he died? Um, is he Noah? You know, that's, that's a fair question at this point. But then this is 1953 Agnes talking about how her husband was a pastor. And we don't know for sure at this point whether her husband is actually dead because last episode we were talking about how he she was, seemed a bit evasive about that. Uh, when she mentioned her husband being dead, Tronte kind of looks at her as though, you know, where did that lie come from sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's, there's just seems, there seems to be a lot of mystery about Agnes. She looks the type of kind of uh, femme fatale kind of character that's got a backstory that that's, that we're going to be surprised by, I guess, is what, what it's kind of setting you up for there. So it'd be interesting to know more about who her husband was, why did she come to Wyndon, what was she escaping... There's a lot, a lot of questions around that, definitely. While that's going on with Agnes and Doris, we also have uh, Doris's husband, Egon, chasing child kidnappers and child murderers in 1953, uh, discovers Ulrich on his way back to, I guess, the cave to go back home to 2019. Uh, I do kind of wonder how, how where, the, where did the shortcut come from? Because one minute he's like miles behind chasing Ulrich and then suddenly he's like, okay, I can see him running off in the distance. But if I turn right here, I can run in a completely different direction and somehow I end up, you know, how did he know where he was going for a start? Mm. Why did he think that running off in a different direction was the quickest, was a shortcut to get to the same point? It's just weird. Anyway, I digress. That's that's not really the, the point I'm trying to make here. The, the, the interesting thing about the whole Egon and Ulrich situation is that we're seeing their interactions play out in 1986 and 1953 with old Egon in 1986 telling the younger Ulrich that he has seen that stare before that look before he's looking at the younger Ulrich and kind of he's got he's obviously has issues with the younger Ulrich but it's it's interesting now that perhaps the reason that he had issues with that younger Ulrich is because what he was seeing in him is the same look he saw in 1953 when he was looking at the older Ulrich. Hmm. Yeah. How is that? How is that for a paradox? The reason that he's got it in for the younger Ulrich is because he sees in him a face that looks like a bit of a wrongen. And potentially the reason that he he has that that feeling is that he saw the older Ulrich and equates it to be, you know, a child murdering, child kidnapping weirdo. 
so yeah it, it could be interesting that it's kind of come full circle and again it kind of links the whole the past affecting the future affecting the past stuff that we saw with Ulrich and Helga and now we're seeing the same thing play out between Ulrich and Egon I think the more interesting event with this or the more interesting part of this was Ulrich freaking out when he thinks after he's killed Helga that that's going to make those other two boys come back to life like he thinks that that will mean those two boys won't get murdered so when he hears that that's what he's being accused of he freaks out thinking no 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 this can't happen because I've taken care of that that's done and Mm. so he's really not happy because not only now he's he feels bad obviously about killing a child but the reason for him killing the child hasn't worked. Yeah. So you'd think that he'd be far more remorseful than he actually is, I guess, at this stage. If, if you know, you've got, you've done something so horrendous yeah. because you believe that it wouldn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things, although I guess he would still have the death of a young boy on his conscience, even if he went back to 2019. But mm. from his point of view, it's for the greater good. He's saving three children, including his own, I guess is his way of looking at it. But now that he's discovered that that isn't the case, he has now essentially just added an extra child death into the mix. And ultimately, you know, the reason that for, for doing so has, has proven not to be uh, what he was expecting. So you, you, I think in that situation, again, it kind of comes back to this whole idea that perhaps he's not thinking straight. Because if I was in a situation where I'd accidentally killed somebody... And or well, not necessarily accidentally. Accidentally, sorry, but... this rock accidentally keeps bouncing <laughs> yeah. off your head. I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's yeah. happened again. Oh no, it just won't stop. Okay, so to put it a different way, if I had had to make a decision that I knew would have horrendous consequences for one individual, but in doing so, I saved lots of lives. And that's my reason for making that decision. But then my decision turns out to be fruitless. And not only did uh, the, the other people still die, but so did the person I killed. I think I'd be really, really upset by that. I'm really just on the, the verge of, of, of a breakdown, really, at this stage. Whereas he kind of, apart from being, no, no, that's not supposed to happen. He doesn't seem to react as badly as I thought he would in that situation. The trolley problem, that's the thing I was thinking of. So the the trolley problem is a false experiment where you have uh, perhaps uh, a runaway trolley or a train running down a track and you have the ability to flick the switch that will enable the train to take the alternative track. And you have the choice. You're sitting there at the track. If you leave the tr- if you don't touch the switch, it will plow on into a whole bunch of people that are on that one track. But if you flick the switch, you will save all those people but kill the other person that's on the other track. Mm -hmm. So from your point of view, you have the – in whichever way you look at it, you have people's lives in your hands. And it's a question of whether would you flick that switch or would you leave it alone? And this is essentially what's playing out with Ulrich here. I mean, that, let, let's uh, let's ask out the question now. Would you flick the switch in that situation? If you don't switch it, five people die. But if you do flick it, only one person dies. Hmm. That's uh, 
that's that's horrible. <laughs> mm, it is horrible. But essentially, that's what Ulrich's got, having to work through sure. in his head right now is that he he's looking at the situation, going, "If I don't do anything, I will see three children die, possibly more, because he doesn't know what's to come." Um, but if I do flick it, only one child dies. Mm. And it's essentially that that's playing out here. It's an ethical dilemma. And that's what, what, that's what makes Dark so great. You know, we've, we've spoken about cultural references and philosophical references and literal references and everything else that's going on in this. And here we've actually got, you know, thought experiments, ethics, questions of ethics playing out as well and psychology. And it's just so many layers in this show that is, is why it's worth rep watching repeatedly. Hmm, I'm not so sure at the moment. I am, I'm enjoying it, and I'll reserve judgment. But the part that I'm, I don't know with this show, um, and this is sort of like a summary of this episode, really, because I felt like I was fully on board with it, but there was something about this episode that just didn't leave me excited for the next one. So. Mm get me excited what is the next episode called the next episode is called alpha and omega which is the beginning and the end alpha and omega mm. i have absolutely no idea what that's going to be i suppose that's one thing you could say about this episode it doesn't set anything up for the next episode you don't have any idea where it's going to go um, what to expect, who it's going to be focused on. Because, you know, we didn't even mention Jonas and Marta. He's come back from the future. He sees Marta. It's raining and she's all soaking. And she kisses him and he, like, pulls away. He's like, get away. There's too much stuff going on I can't deal with. And um, she's, like, obviously really hurt. That's the thing with this episode. There was quite a lot of stuff going on and we haven't even mm. spoke about Jonas. We haven't even spoke about the other character. What's his name? Magnus and Francisca. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they kind of, they're, they're kind of touched on in terms of like, oh, but by the way, here, here's where these two characters are or these four characters are. This is the state of their relationships right now. I was going to say, do you think this is just the show going, remember these guys, these are here. We haven't forgotten them, but you know, bigger things to deal with yeah i think i think it is i think in the sense that this is setting up the next episode we uh, we're just kind of reminding everyone's where they should be at this stage mm -hmm. and we're about to head into the the final episode so there we have it thanks for listening to this week's episode of cine binge my name's simon and i've been andrew but until next time make sure you follow us on social media Leave us a review. Go on our website. It's a finale next week. I'm excited. Boom. Done.